0: Welcome to Finding My Yum. This is a yummy podcast. Well
1: just, I, just, wanted,
2: yeah,
0: I, just <laughs> I was going to keep going. I wanted I to see like, how long you would carry <laughs> it by yourself. Uh. <laughs> When Speaking like of Carrie, seven, it. yeah, Ooh, mm-hmm, that's that good. We have Carrie Cowell on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, she's lovely, she does yoga. Um, we talk a lot about like platonic partnership yoga, mm-hmm. which yeah. is really fun. Um, and she'll explain what that is. And then, um, yeah, she was just delightful. We talk a lot about relationships, and I think we had very similar ideas of, like, finding the one, and when you do, and when the sex is really good, like, you're never going to have anything else ever. That um, fear of kind
2: of, like, uh, giving something up, even though, like, it may not be perfect, or yeah. there may be bad parts to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And, and that, now it's okay to kind of move on from that.
0: Yeah, but, the, like, the oblivion outside of it is, like, yeah. terrifying. So um, she was lovely, and we had such a good time talking with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, but so we went to... mutual friends, both of them, Wedding, Mm -hmm. who I actually introduced them. You did? I take credit for that. But, um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was really interesting because I feel like a lot of what's been coming up on this podcast and just even in my life is, I don't know how I feel about monogamy anymore Mm -hmm. or marriage in general like i still like the idea and i really i really like a good party
2: and just to clarify you don't know how you feel about it i imagine for, for yourself yeah. for
0: myself yeah. yeah um everybody else can do anything they want of course. um but yeah so it was nice going to this wedding and sort of seeing this like i don't say this in a judgmental way but like a heteronormative sort of expression of like love and marriage mm-hmm. um and yeah, it was beautiful, and I don't know where that fits or what that means, but it was sort of like, I was like, oh, yeah, this can work still, too. You know, like, it was nice being able to see it and be like, oh, yeah, this is a thing that people do that still works and still seems beautiful, and, like... Yeah, I
2: think absolutely, especially, like, uh, probably not in a small part because of this podcast, but in other places, too, right? You're you're seeing more and more different uh, approaches to love and this kind of stuff, and, like, there is something that's, like... It, there's a tradition to the wedding, but also, like, that doesn't mean that it is uh, a tradition that no longer is meaningful, right? Yeah, Like, there's exactly. still a lot of, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, or that, like, can still serve, like, this beautiful purpose. and that Not that
2: everyone can... has to be polyamorous. Yeah, like, totally, or you know, non-monogamous, kind of stuff,
0: right, right. or, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was really nice. It was sort of, like, seeing love, like, in this very pure form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget... I don't know I just forget about it like I think like a wedding is such a like a way to sort of put that on display purposely for your friends and family so that you can express that kind of love and you know, we don't see that all the time you know so um, yeah it was nice yeah it does I don't I still am like confused <laughs> yeah, no, but
2: that's okay though right like you don't have yeah. to like you can see the uh, representation of that and totally. then not have to feel like oh, okay well the only way for me to represent that at some point is yeah. to be monogamous too yeah like i'm there's probably polyamorous weddings or or oh, yeah, or whatever sure. or celebrations of love in other ways right yeah yeah uh, but it's nice to see that but this was
0: cool to like yeah and to to have like introduce them and to know both of them separately and together um yeah it was just cool so it was nice to be a part of and yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, in- Gary's lovely, so enjoy. You're going to get a kick out of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Great. I'm feeling yummy <laughs> head to toe. You see me? Uh-huh.
1: Ain't got no patience, so let's go. You
0: see me? Uh-huh. welcome to finding my yum we have carrie cowell here today she is a relationship and sexuality yoga instructor um which is super cool and i'm excited to delve into what that means but welcome thank you for being here
1: thank you for having me it's so much fun i'm excited to be here
0: Yeah, yeah um i think i've mentioned this a couple times but uh You're from this Facebook group that I'm Mm -hmm. a part of, and you're a part of called Sex Positive Universe for Women. Um, And I think it's just cool to highlight, like, how much of a community that is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just, it's such a great community. I always feel so safe there, and there's so many different topics that come up. I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, And the idea that I could post looking for guests and get like pretty specific and then have all these wonderful like women and female identifying people come to me and be like I want to talk and I want to share my story it's just beautiful so thank you for being one of those of
1: um
0: so yeah I think before we get into like how you got into you know what you do now I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey of how you got there
1: yeah that's a big long story um Well, I started off, so I, uh, this is my second stint of living in LA. Right. And um, I came back to, I came to LA both times for acting. Mm -hmm. And the second time I came back to LA, I was obviously older and a lot more grounded. And, you know, I had a plan. And my five-year plan was to become a yoga instructor and become a Reiki practitioner. So that way I'd have something flexible so I could focus on my acting career. Um, It just so happened that... The yoga thing happened, like, way before I expected it to. Because I figured that would, you know, I figured I'd get, like, a desk job or, like, a, you know, like, a serving job or whatever. um, And that I would do that and work on my acting career. And then, like, five years down the line, I'd, like, look at teacher training and, like, you know, I'd be really prepared for that. But um, surprisingly enough, I was actually looking at moving to Taiwan. Oh. Yeah. And, um And it didn't it didn't happen. It didn't work out like I was supposed to go to Taiwan to teach kids English. And uh, my favorite yoga instructor was like, you should do teacher training. You should do teacher training. And I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever. I'm going to be out of the country. Like, I'm not even going to be here when yeah. it starts. And then Peace like the out, month. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the month before I was supposed to leave, the girl that I was talking to, who was my connect over there, she was just like, oh, yeah, like we hired somebody else. And I totally thought because this was someone I had gone to school with. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, like you're in like, it's totally cool. So I thought like in the bag, like didn't have to worry about anything. So I was like, fuck, what do I do?
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah right that moment of right. like holy shit yeah. everything I thought I had yeah. planned is like upside down right yeah. and
1: and of course I, I was still taking yoga regularly and my yoga instructor was like oh well that means you have to take teacher training um and I was like no I don't have money and like I, you know it's just it's just not where I I thought it was going to be and uh, they gave me a scholarship. I did a GoFundMe for my deposit and, like, all of my friends donated enough for my deposit and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. And that's kind of how it started, at least, like, my yoga journey. And then along the way, I, I started leading teacher trainings and I started leading other yogi, like, educational trainings. Mm-hmm. And through that, through one of the yogi educational trainings that I was leading, I met my mentor. And my mentor... Um, is had been leading partner yoga trainings and he was working with Elizabeth Williamson who's one of the like lead experts in principle-based partner yoga. And you know, he, so he taught me some things and I was like, yeah, I really want to do this. Like I want to learn more about it. And I ended up taking a training with Elizabeth Um, And kind of taking it from there. And then from there, it just kind of like grew into this thing. It was one of my friends who said, hey, I want to like learn how to be really flexible so I can do like weird yoga poses and crazy or not yoga poses, weird sex positions and crazy sex positions. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And so it started off as a women's only, just like a regular, like, vinyasa flow, like you're, you know, what you think of as, like, stereotypical yoga class. Right. But, you know, we were opening up our hips and our hamstrings so we could do all these, like, funky, crazy, like, Kama Sutra sex positions. Yeah. And then it kind of morphed into partner yoga because I really like what partner yoga brings to the table because it is more about like platonic touch. It's more about finding that safe space just with touch in general, whether it's platonic or romantic, but kind of taking the sexuality out of it. Right. And I, yeah. So
0: no, so just in terms of like defining partner yoga. So I'm familiar with acro yoga, Mm -hmm. which is a very acrobatic like modality of partner yoga. Yes. Correct. So, From my conception, that's like a lot of lifts and sort of um, uh, I don't even know, like manipulating a person's body in like rotations and and moving into like these strength positions together and stuff like that. And and partner platonic touch yoga differs in the sense of. It, you're, you're almost like flowing together.
1: Yes. Okay. So it's more about... So it's principle-based. So everything, like every touch, every move, everything that you do, there's an intention to it. It's about communicating with each other. And I'm not saying there isn't communication in acro yoga. Sure. They are very similar. But I, I view acro yoga as more like circus work or, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, just because you are doing a lot of flying. You're, you are doing a lot of those physical manipulations. Right. Um, whereas partner yoga is more about like finding that connection, whether you're talking verbally or communicating like with your eyes or with your body so it's more of like a physical communication through touch through your body and also your language
0: got it and when people come in to do a class do they bring a partner or do you meet somebody new in the space i i mean you can do
1: either one i always encourage because it's not always like it depending on the workshop that i'm leading it can be marketed towards more towards couples than like regular, like, individual people. Okay. But I've definitely led partner yoga workshops that are more anybody, like, more promoted to anybody and anybody who wants to come. It's just that people who come without a partner need to be aware that they will be paired up with somebody. And and we may even switch partners. It just kind of depends on, like, the energy in the room and, like, what people seem to be comfortable with. Sure.
0: And the purpose of doing something like that is... Is what I mean. I have my ideas about it, but I, yeah, I love yeah. to hear what.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, if you're part of a romantic relationship, it is deepening that connection that you have outside of the bedroom. Okay. And because everything that you do, like if you have better communication or if you have more intimacy, you know, just the little touch, like uh, my boyfriend, for instance, he. <laughs> He's actually a really private person. So I don't know if he wants me talking about this, but whatever. He just won't know. Um, <laughs> no, he will know. Cause I'll tell him cause I tell him everything, sure. but whatever. Um, but you know, when I'm like washing the dishes, he'll come over and like, he'll like hug me from behind or he'll like play with my hair or something like that. And at least for me being an incredibly physical person, yeah. like, that's enough to like kind of get things going. Okay. And I don't need a whole, is that lot one of your that. love
0: languages? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a really big
0: one for me. Too. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, you know, it helps keep that connection. Like even if you're not having sex or, you know, even if you're not even like in the same room or like talking to each other verbally, just having those little like, Hey, you know what? I'm busy doing my own thing, but let me hold your hand for like 30 seconds before I go, sure. you know, do whatever I have to do. Cause we're all busy adults. Right. Yeah. Um, so for romantic couples, that's kind of the intention behind that in terms of like people who are single, it's really coming into this, space of learning that physical touch is okay and physical touch is safe Mm -hmm. like we all know that there is unsafe physical touch and we know what that is and we know what that feels like but I feel like especially in like today's climate of me too and like all of the like sexual assault stories that have come out in the past like year or two uh touching people has become a very unsafe thing and it it I feel like on some level has like just mentally especially with like women's minds kind of made us question more like what the intention is behind a male's touch or anybody's touch really. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So like as a single person coming into the space and, you know, feeling safe and having a moderator there, that would be me. Um, (laughs) Right. Whether you're with same sex or opposite sex or, you know, whatever you identify as, but just being in that space and knowing like, okay, I'm safe. And if something feels unsafe, there's someone here to protect me. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of getting back to that place where we can hug somebody and we're not going to question, like, should I be hugging somebody? Should I not be hugging somebody? Like, right. oh, are they hugging me because they're trying to get into my pants? Or are they hugging me because we're just friends? Like, I just think it's really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I um, I think one of the biggest – I got out of, a like, a toxic mm-hmm. relationship last year, and I think one of the biggest transitions for me was – a part of that relationship, physical touch, was so – ingrained Mm -hmm. and so to go from being physically touched all the time to nothing was really drastic and it it felt it it like severed the connection like even more intensely Mm -hmm. um and i and i think that you know personally growing up Like I wasn't I was in like an affectionate family to a certain extent, but it wasn't until I got out here and I started doing some work on myself that I was like, oh, I am uncomfortable with just being like hugged and like being physical with other people. Um but I, you crave it. Like we mm-hmm. all just crave that kind of connection and yeah. it's wonderful to have that space to sort of explore that.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a very human thing. Like we need to be touched. Like if you think about babies or there's that study with the monkeys that they did back in the seventies, like, yeah. you know, whether you have a mom or not, like you need something that makes you feel like you have like a hug or like some mm-hmm. sort of like comforting physical touch. Right. It's so important to us and it's so healing and it's so healthy. It's
0: so healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I had an experience this week where I was like, oh, I just want to be like touched and cuddled and I got it and I felt so nice afterwards. And I was like, it doesn't even have to have anything sexual or even if it does like just that act of being held and like comforted in a safe way is like rejuvenating. Yes. In a big, 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 big way. Well,
1: they even have... um I guess communities or meetups maybe is a better word for it, but there's like cuddle meetups or like cuddle Cuddle communities. Yeah, cuddle parties. I've never been to one. I actually don't like being touched by strangers for the most part. Yeah. Um, But like my roommate's been to them and and he loves it because he's very Mm -hmm. touch oriented, like probably even more so than me. Yeah. Um, And he's had like great experiences with it, but it's not supposed to be a sexual thing. It's just supposed to be like we're here to cuddle because it feels good and then we're done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just I, I, I've been talking a lot about sex education mm-hmm. in this country, and I think that's something that would be wonderful if it was incorporated for both, you know, across the binary spectrum and non-binary spectrum for all people as children to know that like it's safe to touch other people in a non-threatening way. Yes. It's safe to ask. for for your needs to be met like you know in in the ways of like I, I think this goes along with partner yoga too of it establishes boundaries mm-hmm. and the ability to communicate what you want and yes. don't want yeah and like if somebody is in your space or it's too far or it's too much right like it's, it it fosters communication
1: exactly well and that's like the biggest thing about principle-based partner yoga is that it fosters that communication and it's not just communication like we're talking right now but right. it's it's really it is more about like can you create your boundaries? Because like the number one rule of mm-hmm. partner yoga, which really resonated with me, but the number one rule is no, there's no enduring. So if something uh-huh. feels uncomfortable or if you want, so, if you want like more pressure or more of something, tell your partner. And I know at least for me, like I'm a caretaker, I'm a giver. Um, so it's very easy for me to lose myself and other people. Yeah. And to like re- not realize that I, I need to take care of myself. Yeah. So just even just having that, be okay and like be a rule that like hey I can tell you this is not comfortable for me or like oh can you like because some of the things that we do in partner um principle-based partner yoga that is absolutely different from acro yoga is a lot of massage like time Mm. massage um just massages Mm. in like certain positions (laughs) it's so great um but even just being able to say like hey can you go deeper and having that be okay yeah
0: yeah in a huge way this week it came up um with like a, a previous partner that I had where I, I had to set a boundary where I wanted to set a boundary. And mm-hmm. I felt so unbelievably uncomfortable doing it mm-hmm. because he had crossed my boundaries and then I con- like continued to see this person, right? So mm-hmm. I sort of made it seem like it was okay. yeah. And then deciding to set a boundary after that felt like I had immediately done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. now, like I didn't have the agency um, to choose at any point that I am now uncomfortable and I don't want to continue in this situation that I'm in. And I think that's a lot of like my upbringing and sort of stuff that Mm -hmm. I'm unpacking. But I, I think that this can also be utilized in that way of, okay, maybe I've endured this and now I don't want to. Yes. And maybe I did let you push my boundaries and I, I went too far in a stretch mm-hmm. or you're pushing too hard. And even though that happened, I can still say something right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you, and you learn where your boundaries are for mm-hmm. your physical body, obviously, because yeah. you're doing physical work, but also just like, you know, emotionally and mentally. Um, it's funny because I think, you know, just the way that women are socialized, it's so easy for us to fall into that space of like, oh, well, it's OK. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Um, right. Appeasing yeah. Taking care of yeah. somebody else's needs that we think we know right. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, right. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, on top of it, like there is if you're working if you're working in like a male female space, sure. right? Like most of the time if you're the f- on the female end of things like guys are bigger and that's scary yeah, it like is. I have to remind my dude all the time because he's six foot two and 240 pounds like he's oh, wow. like big um and I'm you know I'm five foot two and like not very big like I'm strong but I, especially compared to him I'm not very right. big and he'll do things and it's not like obviously I know him and I trust him and he's a big teddy bear but like you know he'll get angry and like yell at the traffic or whatever and I'm like dude no that's scary and right. I I know like logically you're not going to do anything but like I um, I was also in an abusive relationship for a year mm-hmm. and so it is it's a trigger yeah. so when he yells like that I'm like I know you're not going to but my immediate reaction is to like close off and be like okay when am I going to get hit you right. know
0: yes so, no yeah. of course yeah I have a similar um, yeah not with like physical but definitely verbal and emotional mm-hmm. that like something is going to hit yeah. me I've done something wrong Right. immediately I'm in the wrong and so I don't have the right to stand up or yes. because, yeah, I'll be punished yeah. in some like yeah. major way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure.
1: Well, and I think partner yoga, too, um, it is really good. I mean, obviously, it depends on where you are in your healing, but it is it, it can be really good for people who have had traumatic mm-hmm. relationships because, you know, in those traumatic relationships on some level that like physical trust has been broken, that yeah. touch trust has been broken. Right. So it's it's coming back into that and, and learning your boundaries because your boundaries have been broken as well.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've wrestled with, too, is like forgiving myself for mm-hmm. allowing my boundaries to be yeah. crossed. Yes. Because somehow then not only is that person bad, but then I'm bad because I let it happen and then I let it right. happen over and over and over again. Yeah. And so like relearning that lesson and, and rewiring almost that I'm allowed to to stand up, I'm mm-hmm. allowed to take care of myself, yes. you know?
1: Yes, even if you've allowed that person to cross your boundaries yes. before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and yeah. that was like, honestly, like that It was the huge thing this week where I had like a breakdown about it because right. it was so triggering oh, yeah. and so difficult and it was hard to convey to other people too. Of Like, you know, I think this is an interesting thing as well, not to go on a tangent, but um like I think perceptions of people are also mm-hmm. very interesting. Like you can... I feel like I'm very good at setting boundaries and being strong in one way. And then in certain relationships, I'm (laughs) I'm terrible. Like I'm so bad, especially romantic relationships. Like
1: I let people walk all over me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that because you want them to love you. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, like I want you to keep loving me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I found that to be... It's really healing for me, but I found that to be like a big thing. I don't know. Trigger is not the right word, but it's been a big thing in my current relationship Mm. because I do. And I mean, like this is issues like from way back in childhood because of like the way I grew up and everything but yeah. it's always like I'm always like okay but like do you still love me because if like right we get mad at each other and we like I mean we don't often yell but you know we get emotional sure. and like sometimes we do yell yeah. and then I'm like I always have to be like wait are we okay because you know like growing up it was just like oh if you're mad like you're just you're not part of the family anymore you're you know like I don't love you anymore right that you're ousted. Like, yes yeah. it's super conditional yeah.
0: that's absolutely a- very much how my family was too and so like yeah the second that anything sort of indicates mm-hmm. that I'm in the wrong or like where it's escalating. It's like shut down, avoid the situation. Yes. And yes. and like, let's like fix it. Yeah. Fix, fix it, it. So you still love me. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 so no matter if that means like allowing you to get into my boundaries or mm-hmm. what have you, um, on that token, I'm interested in exploring BDSM because uh, like, because, uh, you have some experience with this because I know that there, if it's in a safe environment, there's a potential catharsis to it. Yes. Um, And so I haven't found anybody to do it with yet, but I know that you've had experience like... Practicing it and not. And so I'd love mm-hmm. to hear a little bit about that, too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's it's good that you brought that up because I was actually thinking about that as we were talking. Because yeah. w- the thing that I was thinking about is that my partner now mm-hmm. and I have really strong boundaries like with each other and with like the other people in our lives. Yeah. And and it's still a little weird for me because, like I said, it's it can be so easy for people to like cross my boundaries or for me to be like, no, it's fine. yeah. um but my my partner is really good at like having his boundaries and like sticking to them. yeah and he's just like, you know, Um, Which is, it's so great. It's
0: such an asset to have somebody in your life who is such an example of that. Mm Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I mean, like, I've done my work on it, but I'm like, oh, I have a lot more work to do because he is so comfortable being like, nope, I'm not into that. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And just like not, not wavering, like at all.
0: And I have to say, and if you would like to chime in well, I would love your input, but I do think like it is sort of a, like if you are born into a female body, it is a, a female conditioning Mm -hmm. to be more submissive and it is more permitted for men to set boundaries and establish what they want and be okay. Yes. And not that men don't reckon with it at all because obviously it's difficult to do that in any capacity for some people. But I just think in a general statement, that's sort of the dichotomy that is established.
2: I mean, I think I would agree with that. Typically, from a general standpoint, yeah. yeah I don't know that I was ever. It's probably a lot of like unintentional teachings, but sure, I don't think I was ever I mean. like. I don't think I was ever taught how to set a boundary. Um, sure, but I'm sure there that's come are up, like, yeah. right. I'm sure there were things that I was taught that were like.
0: Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. like very insidious from. in the in culture, right? Yeah, of absolutely. like a lot of the media yeah. that we consume. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of even in religion, we are talking about this with our previous guest, Mm -hmm. Caitlin, about, you know, especially in religion. You are taught the female is the the assistant. Yes. Like you can be a really good assistant. Mm -hmm. And so that's like Mm -hmm. part of not being able to potentially like speak up because we're not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and I, I feel like, you know, if if a man says. Or like a male identifying person says, like, this is what I want and you know, this is what I'm doing. Like people are just like, Okay. Right. Whereas like if you're a woman and you're like, This is what I want and this is what I'm doing, you're either a bitch or they're like, Are you sure? Like you don't know you don't know what you're doing, you know, and there's just so much more stuff like around that when female identifying people try to set their boundaries. Yeah.
0: Which has been my experience. And I don't yeah. think that that's across the board, which I will say, but right. I do think that I like re- that resonates with me yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. I think, like,
1: yeah. g- if we're talking like majority yeah. general population, I feel like that's probably like similar. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the thing that I find interesting so the BDSM relationship yeah. that I was in was uh, my abusive mm-hmm. relationship that I was in for a year. And I find that with the strong boundaries that I have with my current partner, like, we, like, I always felt. I always felt like I needed like at least like I kind of call it BDSM light because I was never into like crazy things like going to the dungeon or like intense things, I guess is a better word for it. But like going to a dungeon or like playing in public or being flogged or anything like that. That was never really my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like to be tied up and I like to be choked and, you know, um, I like to... I'm trying to think what else because it's been so many years. Um, I'm trying to think what else we did. Did but there you were like a lot to play the more submissive? Yeah, I'm role. definitely a sub mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, um, but I always thought that was something that I would need in my sex life. Mm. And I find that I don't actually need that with my current partner. And I think it's because of those really strong boundaries that we have with each other um, and that he has as well. Like, I, I feel like I don't need that. I think some of it, I mean, some of it is definitely, I think, was healing and cathartic in terms of, like, the BDSM stuff from, like, my childhood trauma. Yeah. But I also feel like... So I'm very alpha. I have a very like masculine energy. I'm very driven like outside of the bedroom, which I think part of why I like being a sub in the bedroom is because I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to think. But I trust my partner now enough to get things done um and to do the things that i ask him to do or even just to, to just take charge like sure. we have a very balanced relationship that i feel like i i guess i just don't need it as yeah. much and they, and you know when like we first started having sex there were you know i asked him to choke me and i asked him to do um a couple other things that i was into and like he did cuz he knows i like it but he wasn't really comfortable with it mm-hmm. And I mean, we have fantastic sex. This is probably the best sex I've ever had. Yeah. So and we're so connected and we're so intimate that it just makes it better. Like it, it gets better. I swear to God, like we've been together for like a little over a year yeah. and it just gets better every That's single awesome. time. It's so great. Yeah. Um. But like there weren't any boundaries in my abusive relationship and and both and it was, you know, it was both of us. But we were both able to kind of get under each other's yeah. skin and just really like push the buttons. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which sort
0: of taints the experience. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, I think um, something that came up in one of the previous episodes is this idea that your preferences can change. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. It can be com- like incredibly fluid. And so I wonder, do you think, aside from obviously the abusive nature of that relationship, but, but some of it maybe was conducive at the time for what you were doing now? Maybe it's shifted just what you even want, like, emotionally and physically.
1: I think so. Yeah. Well, and funnily enough, like, in my abusive relationship, like, in the bedroom, that was really where we had our boundaries.
0: Oh. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah.
1: And, like, outside of the bedroom, like, there was, because he, like, cheated. I don't even know if he, like, physically cheated, but he definitely, like, emotionally cheated. Mm-hmm. And there was just, like, so much shit.
0: Yeah.
1: the it was just it was just all sorts of fucked up. But like in the bedroom, like I totally trusted that he would never harm me, like that everything would be safe and like, uh, you know, um, safe and sane and like nothing crazy would oh, happen. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it did. You know, it wasn't like 24-7. Yeah. But it was, you know, it definitely bled out into our like public relationship if you want to call it that because there were times where he'd like do rope work on me under my clothes and like we'd go oh. out to dinner um but those times were like really like those were the really safe times it was just when we weren't because it was sex. like hyper Yeah, right yeah yeah
0: i think that's like one of the big misconceptions about bdsm that i'm looking to talk about on this podcast mm-hmm. specifically too is because i think like you know there's just I don't know. So many negatives that are talked about are people read into what it is, but I think it does. It overwhelmingly it makes you it, like yes. communicate and create yeah. boundaries. You yeah. have to. Otherwise, right. like people get hurt. Right. They get hurt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, and I think like for us, we were really well matched in like what we were into, okay. but just like on opposite ends of the spectrum. Sure. So like I like being tied up and he like rope, like being the sure, person sure, who sure. tied me up. Um, so that worked out because we didn't even really – necessarily talk a whole lot about safety like we had a safe word but we didn't talk a whole lot about safety and I don't Mm -hmm. think most of the things that we were getting into really weren't like anything that could really be harmful um I
0: almost mean emotionally as well oh yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: absolutely but it was almost like like, I feel like on some level we were both playing out whatever we needed to play out yeah. in terms of, like, our healing together, right. like, in the bedroom. So, like, that made it that made it safe because we were both working through our shit. Yeah. But then, like, outside of the bedroom, yeah, you, you can. know, it's just all the shit is there and, like, we don't know how to deal, deal with, it, with you know? it. Yeah, you can, like,
0: channel it into set. I mean, yeah. it is. It's oh, very yeah. interesting, right? I mean, I think that that's sort of, yeah, my experience with my ex, too, was, like, there was this insane physical connection where we could mm-hmm. communicate in a very specific way and then everything sort of else fell apart. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. It, I, in my case, it was almost more addictive. We were like very oh, yeah. addicted to absolutely, each other. It yeah. was like a drug. Yes, it yeah,
1: absolutely was. And I, because we broke up and got back together so many times. Oh yeah, so did we. Oh my God, yeah. Well, and I remember, <laughs> I remember, because I had, <laughs> this is going to sound like the craziest thing, but we were together for a year. And I remember like, probably like three whenever because the abuse obviously didn't start happening right away but I want to say it was like six months in. I was like no I know this is bad for me and I know this is unhealthy but I feel like I still have more things to learn so I'm just gonna stay
0: oh I I knew that from uh week one yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was like oh this is this isn't a great idea but I'm I'm here. But I'm here. But and I'm, I'm going to stay. And I'm yeah. going to stay. Yeah.
1: And the sex was so good that I remember Me thinking, too. like, yeah. I don't really want to leave because I don't think I'll get sex better than this.
0: Oh, my God. I had that fear, too. Yeah. I remember talking with my cousin who's, like, my best friend and confidant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, but there's nobody else. Right? Who am I yeah. going to find? This yeah. is it. Yeah. It's this, like... Yeah, fear of that, yeah, there's lacking everywhere else.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. But I think that that's also embedded
0: sort of within an addictive, abusive relationship is like Mm -hmm. you are conditioned to believe that there isn't anything else.
1: exactly. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't even, because, you know, when I hear that, I generally think about like the emotionally, and I mean, mine was emotionally, verbally abusive more than it was physical, but definitely not physical a couple times. Mm -hmm. But, um, But I think more, when I hear that, I think more of the like the, partners who are belittlers and who are you mm-hmm. know who say bad like right bad things to you like that like you're you know you're nothing you're trash you know whatever yeah. and i don't even that wasn't even really a part of our relationship but i think that sexual connection was so strong that like i just created the script in my head and maybe yeah. we both did that was just like i'm never gonna find anything better like where am i gonna find better sex than this yeah. you know like like he was the first guy who made me squirt
0: Mm. and so i'm just like this is
1: never gonna happen again you yeah know,
0: like. no we did an episode where, we're, where we were talked about how yeah. to squirt because i've never done that before yeah yeah, yeah. and he was deal. the one who
1: taught me and i was just like oh okay <laughs> you're like yeah he gets
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly i know i mean I, like i wasn't very experienced before i was mm-hmm. with my ex and so yeah to have that kind of crazy connection where we could go for like six
1: hours yeah. and i was like like, who does that? Do that? Who does that? Yeah. Nobody's
0: going to do Nobody. that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I don't know about for you, but personally for me, like I'm, I grew up in a lot of chaos and mm-hmm. so it was like perfectly in line yes. with just everything I knew yes, and absolutely. the back and forth yep. and like the like tug and pull mm-hmm. was so in line with yep. my perception of love and how it's supposed to be. And I was like, this is,
1: I guess this is it. Like it's the same. Yeah. The same for me. And the funny thing is, cause I was in that relationship when I was like, 29 and I thought I had done all of this healing and I had gone to so many therapists and I like really like, cause I grew up in a lot of chaos as well. And yeah. like we were always yelling at each other and fighting and like, you know, sometimes it got physical and like, you know, there was just all of this craziness right. happening and I spent so many years like after I left, I left the house when I was 17, I spent so oh, many wow. years like working on that and learning how to be a healthy partner. Right. That I thought, like, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. And you just, yeah. And you (laughs) find this one person who just pushes all those buttons and absolutely everything that I thought that I had worked through, I'm like, oh, it's back. Like, what happened? In
0: such a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I keep, like, living sort of the same pattern and Mm -hmm. now like by setting the boundaries like this week and like (laughs) in the last couple weeks like i'm like no it's time it is time time for a change it's time yeah like i made the decision and it's time and i'm like universe listen to me right but yeah it takes like a really big (laughs) yeah decisive action to be like I can recognize this very
1: quickly. Yes. And I
0: can also step away.
1: Yes. And that that's okay. And that there are other people out there. And that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I did a lot when I moved out to LA the second time. Like I dated one guy for a very, very short period of time. And I was like, that's not what I want. So I took a whole lot of time by myself. And then I was in a two year, was I in a relationship? I don't remember. There was a, yeah, when I first moved to LA, it took like two years just like to be single and just to kind of like, find myself again because I feel like I had been in a lot of those relationships where it was just like they weren't abusive but it was definitely not the type of relationship that I wanted to be in Mm -hmm. it was more like I'm more in love with you than you are with me and like you know they had boundaries but I was like no 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 like I want you to like me so I'm gonna like let my boundaries go totally um yeah so when I moved back here the second time I really took just time to myself to kind of figure out like who I was and like what I wanted and and you know I got into a really good like healthy oh I don't Maybe healthy is not the correct word. It wasn't unhealthy, but it wasn't like it wasn't what I wanted, but it was what I needed at the time. So like two years out here, I spent single. And then I got into a a relationship with a guy who was just like so giving and so caring, but it was not coming from like a healthy place. Mm -hmm. It was it was more like he was trying to make up for like past issues that he had had like, yeah. And not even like with me, but just like in his life in general. And so so like great because super healing for me to have someone who's like let me just take care of you like you don't have to do anything like I was treated like a princess it was fantastic yeah but then getting out of that relationship I was like oh no that's not what I want because like as giving as he was there was he wasn't like very motivated like in his Mm -hmm. outside life and you know I felt like I was always the one who was like pushing him and like kind of like almost being his mom and I'm like I don't want and it was kind of that and I feel like that really led into my current relationship because i realized like i don't want to take care of anybody oh God. like i've taken care of people my entire life my I'm family so tired of it. i yeah exactly it is <gasps> so exhausting and oh, after yeah. that relationship cuz we were together for almost 2 years mm-hmm. after that relationship i was like never again i'm like yeah. i will never take care of anybody ever again yeah yeah
0: yeah it's it's yeah it's been a it, it's a big journey mm-hmm. i mean it's even interesting you know like speaking to different people or having like different guests Mm -hmm. on I'm finding it like one of those things where like holding space and also not getting too invested in whatever the other person is talking about and like allowing it to just be this like beautiful permissible area it has been a lot like it's a a skill all in its own it really is well and
1: I feel like that was that was probably the turning point where I was like maybe not like I don't think I was very cognizant of it, but like, I think that might have been the turning point where I was like, "Oh, maybe I don't need the BDSM anymore because mm. I know what my boundaries uh-huh. are." And Ooh. I'm not saying it's not like enjoyable, yeah. but like you know, maybe it's just not for me anymore because yeah. maybe I don't need. You Learned that the lesson, lesson yeah. or you
0: like got out the yeah. like, body, the somatic healing, right. of the the autonomic nervous right, system. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because because that was that was a big boundary, and I even find with my partner now. Um, so his mom actually passed earlier this week. Oh oh my God. Yeah. And it was huge, but it was even now I'm like learning things about boundaries because he, you know, of course I want to take care of him. And so that, and I don't even want to say it's old stuff. I think it's just normal stuff, but I'm like, what can I do for you? Like, let me fix this. Like, let me help you. And he's like, honestly, like just, I want things to be normal. Like, just let me live my life. Like I'll figure it out. And there's, and I mean like, that's very, you know, that's very traumatic. Yeah, but but there are other times where he's like, no, like I've got this. Like you don't have to take care of me. Like and, like trusting that yeah. that's true and trusting that, you that don't that's have okay. to, like it's,
0: Read between the lines it's because so they're lying. Weird. Yeah, that's been a big thing for me too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, Based on my par- my relationship with my parents, mm-hmm. like this idea of like take people at their word, right? Like yeah. what they're oh saying is yes. true. Yes. Whoa, that's yeah. like it's huge. fucking mind blowing. It, it to is. Me.
1: It really is. Like
0: I don't have to read your mind. Yeah, like, I don't need that. That it. Yeah, that's been a yeah. huge thing to wrestle. It is with, a huge for sure. thing.
1: Well, and I find too because like I've always been because my mom also was very manipulative and she like yeah. And it, right now it's it's challenging because um they found out she has like Alzheimer's. Again. Guess and even now i'm not even sure i believe that like mm. as weird as that sounds no but i get like, it. <laughs> but they're like oh she doesn't know who the president is or they're like oh like she you know if you ask her like details about like certain facts like she doesn't know and i'm like I, and i always have to tell them i'm like honestly like my mom made up stories like you know even when i was a little kid so for me i'm like she could have alzheimer's or she could just be making more shit up like i hey, don't know yeah yeah so even just try and that's like part of the partner yoga thing just to kind of Yeah. Like the partner yoga thing absolutely like helps with that because you have to trust your partner. And on some level, like if they are lying, that's on them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not allowing that to be your burden. Right. And and that's part of like taking things personally too of like, they're allowing this to happen and we're having communication we've established communication and so yes. it's okay yeah until to just trust come. that yeah, yeah exactly
2: that was a big revelation for me over yeah. the past couple of years it's like you, if someone is gonna tell me something i'm going to
1: you have to i'm it. gonna <laughs> believe it and if that
2: makes them unhappy then i'm sorry that's on you no right. like, yeah learn, oh it yeah. absolutely is yeah. right, right. Yeah. and like yeah. i mean yeah. i can you know, be a, I can also be sorry if whatever happened, but like at the same time, you gotta you gotta be honest,
0: right? Yeah, you yeah. have to be honest. Yeah, because like, I
2: can't reach mine. No, no
0: exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, you're amazing. Thank you. Where can people find you? Where can we take your class and or upcoming workshops that you have? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: no upcoming workshops currently. We're looking at possibly doing one like around like holiday time, or maybe even way into Valentine's Day. We had one scheduled for this weekend, hmm. um, but oh, actually. Oh, it's Friday. So <laughs> oh, yeah. So tomorrow. Um, but it's not even that there was an interest, but the date didn't work for a lot of people. Oh, okay. So we did end up canceling that. And I started to realize that like summertime, like people are like a little too busy with like yeah. family things and like being outside. Um, so we're looking at pushing that back to like Valentine's Day or more like inside time for people. But we were doing a yoga and boudoir photo shoot. Oh, cool. Um, workshop. So that will be coming up in the future. Awesome. You can find me on Instagram at Carrie Lou Yoga. And then that's also my website, carryluyoga.com. Is it Lou, L-O-U? It's actually L-U. Oh, that's, great. So I'm adopted. That's okay, my cool. birth mom's name, oh, last name, surname, yeah. So, so K-A-R-I-L-U-Yoga.com or on Instagram, it's K-A-R-I-L-U-Yoga. Great.
0: And yeah. then do you teach a class Oh yes. like every
1: week? Yeah. So I teach um, like your regular vinyasa classes. I teach sculpt. I teach a bunch of different classes. I'm over at... Where am I at? I'm at a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. I'm at Core Power Yoga in Encino on Wednesday mornings, 9 a.m. and 1030. And then I'm also at Warrior & Co. in Woodland Hills on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 930.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you've been absolutely delightful. Thank, Thank you. you. It's for been such a pleasure. So yeah, so fun. Um, woohoo.
2: Yay. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's start with that. <laughs> Was that intentional? Like, you are like, I need a catchphrase, oh boy, kind of thing? No. Or just you started and you just kept rolling with it?
0: Yeah. I think I just use it all the time. I I'm like it. Like, oh, ah, boy. Yeah. Oh, man. No critique, just whatever. Oh, girl. I guess I should say, like, oh, woman. Eh, you mm-hmm. can say whatever you want. Oh, wow. Thank
2: you, Carrie.
0: Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> you're lovely. Thanks for, um, yeah, things are getting deep with me. I feel like that went it, like, that conversation Got into some relationship talk that we haven't had before on this. and Yeah, um, like uh,
2: personal experiences and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of, um, yeah, just like exploring more about my past relationship and really uh, just kind of commiserating and um, enjoying like the communal experience that she had too because I feel like, yeah, it was just very similar. So th- thank you for sharing so openly and honestly. And mm-hmm. we had a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah, take her class. Uh, I can't wait to do so, um, and then also, as always, please follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Finding My Yum Podcast. We're always looking for new guests, um, of all different types. So please let us know. Email us at findingmyyum
2: at gmail dot com. Rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Yeah, five star, five star. Tell
2: a friend about it.
0: Tell two friends. Tell ten.
2: Don't tell any more than ten, because then you're not <laughs> gonna lose your friends. You're like, oh god! But make them tell other people, and that'll be great.
0: No, tell everybody. Prophesize. Go out there and yummies. Oh, uh, no, we're not doing, we're that. Not doing <laughs> that. We're not calling okay. you yummies. All right, well, I'm gonna do it in <laughs> private. Perfect. Okay, bye.
2: Bye.